0: Hello listeners and welcome to the NK News Podcast. I'm your host, Jacko Zwetslut, and it's Friday morning, April 10, 2020 here in Seoul. Joining me via Skype from Tokyo is Alistair Gale to talk about a big story the Wall Street Journal released last week on an event that I like to call the Madrid Caper, as well as a North Korean diplomat who disappeared in Italy. Alistair Gale is Japan editor for the Wall Street Journal, where he focuses on regional security and politics and handles investigative projects. He was bureau chief for the journal in Seoul for six years through late 2016 and spent much of his time writing about North Korea, a country he has visited twice. Alistair is one of three primary authors of the Wall Street Journal article that went up on 3rd of April titled, Inside the Secretive Group, Trying to Bring Down North Korea's Regime. Thank you for coming on the show, Alistair.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So the article, as I said, is called Inside the Secretive Group, Trying to Bring Down North Korea's Regime. Uh, It's a great story. We encourage all of our listeners to go up on the uh, Wall Street Journal's website and read it. I guess there are three big strands to the story. The first is the spiriting away of the son of Kim Jong-nam after his assassination at Kuala Lumpur Airport in February 2017. The second is the raid on the DPRK embassy in Madrid almost exactly two years later in late February 2019. And the third is the defection of North Korea's top diplomat in Rome that actually took place in late November 2018 but wasn't announced to the world until early January 2019. The story that you and your colleagues Bradley Hope and John Lyons wrote tells us that all three events were orchestrated by the secretive America-based group Free Choson. Now, we already knew that the first two events I named were the work of Free Jawson because they proudly announced that to the world. But the big scoop that you at the Wall Street Journal unearthed was that the third event, namely the defection of the North Korean envoy in Rome, was also related. Is that more or less an accurate nutshell summary?
1: It is, yes. Um, You know, we focused on the Italy uh, operation because that was new to people, obviously, You know, this this group has been written about in some detail before, but we felt that, you know, it was worth adding to the sum of knowledge and uh, detailing what happened in the Italian case as well.
0: How long has this story been in the pipeline?
1: Well, for quite some time. You know, we uh, started working on it perhaps early last year, did a lot of reporting through the summer, and the story was sort of done late last year, but um, what tends to happen... um, Uh, with uh, big newspapers is there's a bit of a pile up of stories towards the end of the year. And then going into this year, of course, with the coronavirus outbreak, you know, all the tension has just shifted to that. So uh, we had quite a long delay in getting this story published.
0: Okay, now tell us about Free Chaucon. Where do they come from? Who are they? How many are they? That sort of stuff.
1: Right. Well, uh, Free Chaucon, formerly known as Choloma Civil Defence, you know, it revolves around one guy, basically, Adrian Hong. Uh, who is this, um, you know, American uh, activist who studied history at Yale in the early 2000s, um, got involved with uh, helping North Koreans who uh, wanted to leave the country, got involved directly himself by um, going to China and helping North Koreans um, escape the country. Uh, He basically has built up this group you know, from the 2000s, uh, his work from uh, helping North Koreans leave the country basically changed and he, he felt that more direct action was needed to deal with the human rights problem in North Korea by directly challenging the regime. So he's built up basically a group of similarly minded people, which, you know, to the best of our knowledge, they are obviously uh, a group which is not very open about uh, what they do and who they are. But we know that, uh, you know, it consists of some Americans um, and some uh, South Korean citizens, some of whom are originally from North Korea. uh, And they tell us that they have members inside North Korea as well, which is, if that is true, that is quite uh, interesting, because obviously, you know, that would be very risky for those people because if they're involved in a group which is challenging the regime. So they seem to be I mean, right now, uh, Adrian Hong is basically, you know, in hiding because uh, U.S. legal authorities uh, want to um, talk to him about the specifically the uh, Spain embassy incident. Um, so, you know, they're in somewhat of disarray right now. They're still uh, they have a website where they're still putting you know their sort of typically cryptic messages up. They still seem to be focused on you know new operations and helping North Korean defectors, but pro- probably not quite at the scale as they you know, the same kind of scale as they were you know in their sort of heyday period uh, the last few years because without their leader able to sort of function, In the way that he would like, openly and you know, sort of uh, traveling around and organizing things. I mean, then obviously that makes it very difficult. So right now you know they're in a they're in a sort of fairly quiet period but they may be working on other things that we don't know about
0: a couple of quick follow up questions um have you been able to communicate directly with members or former members of free choerson
1: yes we have i mean i first had contact with them after the 2017 rescue of the family of kim jong nam that you referred to you know as i say they have a website they have an email address and I think every journalist I knew who you know was in covering the North Korea story contacted them to try and you know talk to them about the uh, the rescue of uh, Kim Jong Un's family. Uh, they did respond to me after that, and you know I had uh, email conversations with them. Actually, conversations is is probably making it uh, sound a little bit too grand. I mean, it was it was literally sort of erratic uh, messages where I would ask lots of questions. They would not reply for a long period of time. And then they would come back with a sort of very curt response. And they're very difficult people to communicate with. They want to keep, you know, they're very sensitive to security. They don't want to kind of give too much information away. They're worried about, they're they're clearly worried about, you know, media revealing too much about them. So, you know, we have had email contact with them. And my colleague who uh, I worked on the latest story with, Bradley Hope, uh, he he actually, you know, he knows Adrian from his time in Libya because Adrian Hong went was in Libya when the Gaddafi regime was was toppled, mm. and uh, Bradley was uh, working on that story. Uh, he was then a reporter for a newspaper in the Middle East, so he got to know Adrian at that time. So he's had some kind of direct contact with him, you know. But since the Free Chelson Group was set up, he you know we we've not we've not had. Uh, an opportunity to sort of meet and talk to him about uh, what they do. Uh, everything is funneled through their sort of official communication channel, their email address, and you know it's hard to get a whole lot of information out of them. But they are still using it. Yeah.
0: The emails that you get back are they anonymous, or are they? You know, do you know who's writing to you?
1: They are anonymous. Yeah. I mean, we have a we have a reasonable and you know reasonable you know assessment that it's senior people perhaps even adrian himself but they're never signed uh you know there's nothing that gives away the the identity of the person
0: now you said that adrian is american i thought he was a mexican citizen raised or or resident in america
1: yeah i mean okay his passport i believe is is you know mexican but you know it's essentially a sort of californian guy you know he his his parents are you know were missionaries um Mm. based in based in mexico so you know, that is that may be his national nationality, but you know this group is sort of very much a sort of Californian American operation. Uh-huh. You know, we know from people that have known him that he's very he, you know, he likes to build relationships with people like US lawmakers. Uh, you know, he's had meetings with John Bolton, you know, George W. Bush other people sort of high up in, you know, the US government. And that's, I think, what he considers his identity to be, you know, first and foremost.
0: Right. Now, do we know anything about why they changed their name from Cholima Civil Defence to Free Chaucon?
1: We don't. They, you know, did that all of a sudden. I think, obviously, Cholima Civil Defence, you know, if you don't know much about North Korea, you don't really know what Cholima is. So that takes some explaining uh, free Jolson is a sort of more direct version of what they're trying to, or more more easy to understand version of what they're trying to do. As long as you know that Jolson refers to Korea, well, too, so yeah. it's to you know to free the country, you know they have uh, a group of people who they consider to be. You know, potentially able to form a new government for North Korea. They, you know, on their website, they've described how they uh, they are issuing visas for uh, the you know Korea of the future, the North Korea of the future, uh, once it's been liberated. You know, they they have a big grand project here, which is to sort of fundamentally change the lives of North Korean people by changing the government. So, you know, they're very ambitious and, you know, they, you know, there's a lot of things that they think that they can do. But obviously now that, you know, things are up in the air with uh, Adrian being kind of on the run.
0: Yes. Okay. So let's go back to the events of early 2017, when Kim Jong Nam, the uh, the older half brother of Kim Jong Un, was dying of the nerve agent VX at Kuala Lumpur Airport. Where was his son Kim han So living, and what was he doing?
1: His son was living in Macau with his sister and uh, their mother. Uh, we don't really know much about what he was doing. Mm. He was, you know, he he'd been studying uh, in Europe. Yeah, he had um, been
0: studying, I think, at university in France. The last I heard.
1: Right. He was in France. And he was also in Bosnia for a period of time. Mm, school, he did a TV, TV interview in, in 2012 that you probably remember where he talked to a Finnish you know, TV station about, you know, his life. And he did mention in that interview that at some point he wanted to go back and help the people of North Korea. So that really sort of put him on the radar. And then in 2017, you know, he's in Macau. Uh, His father is killed. And according to Free Cholson's version of events, you know, the family contacted Free Cholson and asked for help to, you know, to get out, uh, which is when, you know, Adrian's team sort of moved into into uh, action, used their sort of diplomatic contacts to uh, get the family out, get them into basically into Taiwan, where our understanding is they were then Passed over to the care of a uh, intelligence agency and taken on to uh, you know a safe location elsewhere. Not the Taiwanese
0: well. intelligence agency, but in other countries.
1: Right. It seems to be some kind of handover. A little bit of confusion at the Taipei airport about who was doing what. But essentially, you know, the Free Charleston people helped them get there, and then you know this intelligence agency stepped in and said, you know, we'll take it from here. Thanks, you know, for all your work. So there's some coordination, there's a degree of coordination, because obviously, you know, to know where this family is at any given point in time, you know, they're going to have to communicate um, with the intelligence agency. But their role was really just to get the family, you know, to the first point where they they then could be helped on to, um, you know, to safety elsewhere.
0: And I presume you cannot name the uh, intelligence agency concerned here.
1: No, I mean we, you know, we have a pretty good idea of of who it is. You know, one thing that we've tried to do in our reporting is to make sure that we do not put any of these people mm. at risk. Uh, and I, you know, that's obviously one of the big concerns um, for the Free chosen Group as well. You know, I think someone like Kim Han-sol, uh, the son of Kim Jong Nam, you know, obviously he is uh, considered a potential threat to North Korea, and his, you know, his safety is is a concern. So we We respect that and do not want to you know um, put anyone at risk, uh, create a situation where North Korean assassins or you know anyone else could um, you know target these people. So we limit what we will say in the reporting. Uh,
0: and And precisely for that reason, I suppose uh, we probably cannot reveal where he's believed to be living
1: today. Right, I don't know if anyone has a has any knowledge of that. You know, it's certainly not in the the journalistic community. Mm. Um, And he's not speaking
0: publicly, is he? He hasn't since that. Well, there was that short video that came out uh, in the days after his flight from uh, from Macau. But since then, he hasn't been speaking publicly to anybody, has he?
1: Right, I'm not aware of any any of him being yeah uh, spoken publicly anywhere since that since that rescue.
0: Now, the uh, at the time of the uh, the flight in early uh, 2017. Uh, the website of uh, the what was then the Cholima Civil Defence mentioned the Dutch government and the then ambassador to both Koreas by name. Your article didn't mention that, but are you any the wiser about the Dutch role in all of this?
1: Well, the, Dutch, the former Dutch ambassador to South Korea clearly had a role in making sure that the family of uh, Kim Jong-nam could get out safely. We don't know exactly what that role was. Uh, he has not, to my knowledge, spoken to any media and... Uh, has refused our request to talk to him. But the, you know, Trolema Civil Defense uh, thanked China, they thanked the US, they thanked the Dutch, and specifically, the Dutch ambassador after the, you know, the uh, the, the escape of the family. You know, there seems to be a, a kind of coordinated operation. Presumably, you know, on the Chinese side. Obviously, you know, the families in Macau. They're going to have to get out of essentially what's Chinese territory. So, the Chinese are going to have to sort of allow that to happen. They, you know, our understanding is that they had a pretty good you know uh, sort of surveillance operation on the family of of Kim Jong-nam so they would have had to they would have to um, uh, let that happen for him to leave you know the US you can sort of guess what their role was and the Netherlands is very interesting but we don't really have much clarity about uh, what their what their involvement was.
0: Okay now we jump forward to November 2018 in Rome Before we get there, what do we know about Free Chaucon's activities between February 2017 and November 2018?
1: Not a whole lot. They were still posting on their website. You know, they're still talking about helping North Korean defectors. We have to remember, I think, that, you know, what grabs the headlines is the high-level defections by, Mm. you know, senior diplomats around the world. But this group uh, is involved in sort of more frequent you know, rescues of, of North Korean, average North Koreans, you know, people who want to leave the country, um, usually for economic reasons, um, and have to travel through China and get to, you know, other countries like, you know, in Southeast Asia, or whatever. So that's a lot of what free Choice does is, you know, with those people, which is, is not sort of covered by the, the news media so much. So, you know, my guess is that's really what they were focused on during that during that period of time. But presumably, also, you know, figuring out what the next big uh, operation they could do, because you know, the strategy has been to try to fundamentally undermine the North Korean government and the credibility within its own diplomatic, you know, community that you know this was this was a legitimate government by having. Senior diplomats around the world defect. They thought they could bring a crisis of confidence. Mm. Um, Actually, I want to return to
0: that theme uh, a little bit later on. But so Chor Song Gil. So he's the uh, he was described in your article as North Korea's top diplomat in Italy, but not the ambassador. Why is that? What rank was he actually?
1: He was the acting ambassador. The previous ambassador was was actually expelled from Italy in late two thousand seventeen. Uh, The Italians told him to leave because of, you know, 2017 was a very uh, busy period for North Korean nuclear missile tests. And and the Italians essentially kicked him out. So Joseon Gill was just sort of filling that role. What we know that was that he was actually scheduled to return to North Korea at the end of uh, November 2018. So basically he was, you know, filling that seat for a year. Mm. And then, you know, was scheduled to go back.
0: And wherever he went in Italy, he was usually accompanied by another North Korean diplomat, a uh, Mr. Park. So how was it that in their defection, uh, Joe and his wife were able to get away from other embassy staff? And where did they go?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question that we don't have a clear answer to. You know, we don't have a clear answer to how Free Cholson was, you know, able to reach uh, Mr. Joe without uh, Mr. Park or anyone else in the North Korean embassy you know, sensing that there was, there was a potential, you know, security problem, we know that, you know, Joe was was the acting ambassador. Um, you know, he had both his wife and his daughter in uh, with him, you know, he had some, you know, obviously, he's high ranking in the country, so he could perhaps, you know, make some time, find a way to communicate, free can and find a way to reach him, you know, this this was um, I don't think anything that uh, you know people were expecting and then it was a, it was a real mystery when when he defected
0: Do we know anything about whether free Choson reached out to him first or was it the other way around
1: We do not know that you know we do know that Adrian Hong you know in the in the Spain incident had basically said that he was you know he, he'd already he'd found a way to get into the the embassy in Madrid by saying he already had a, a contact with people in there so you know, it was in in the Spain incident. Obviously, it was you know Freechelson was the ones that were instigating it. I think it's a reasonable assumption to to make that Freechelson likely instigated the the Italy defection. Perhaps with some indication that Mr. Joe would be someone who would consider defecting.
0: Uh, now, tragically, we learned from your article that they left uh, Joe and his wife left their daughter behind in the embassy. Uh, what can you tell us about her?
1: Right. So we understand that she has some kind of medical condition. We don't know what it is. One uh, version of events I've heard from senior North Korean defector is that uh, she had some kind of uh, perhaps a condition similar, or maybe maybe actually manic depression. You know, according to this version of events, uh, the family were all planning to defect together. And then on one day, during a uh, while the daughter was in a manic phase, She started screaming uh, that, uh, you know, they were leaving. And uh, Mr. Joe and his wife couldn't calm her down. And she was basically giving away uh, the plan. Uh, And they decided, you know, we don't really have any option here. We're just going to have to go right now. And we can't take her with us because, you know, she's in a manic phase and we can't calm her down. And if we take her with us, then basically we're all... Um, going to be caught so the only way to do this is to leave her behind now that that is an unconfirmed version of events that i've heard from a senior north korean defector who has very good contacts in the diplomatic community we have not confirmed that we have not heard anything from free cholson about uh, you know what happened with the daughter i believe that north, north korea has said you know that she is back in the north and you know she has disowned her parents um you know and she she's i think yeah uh she's she's you know she's an older child Mm -hmm. i'm not sure exactly how old she is you know she's she's a teenager or something like that Mm -hmm.
0: now um where is jaw believed to be now and and what's he doing or who's he working for
1: we have a good idea of where he is now but we don't have that confirmed from a source that we could use in the story and also going back to what i said earlier you know we're conscious of the fact that you know once these people have have defected you know revealing where they are now is uh, a security risk for them and frankly you know if they've gone to you know the you know they've had the incredible sort of stress and you know the the dilemma of what to do and basically made a sort of life threatening decision perhaps the best thing is just to let them live their lives without um you know putting them at further risk you know obviously it's a it's a great story we'd love to tell the complete story we have a good sense of where he is you know it's 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 almost certainly you know one of the big english-speaking countries you know that's not in europe uh draw your own conclusions from that um you know but that's something that we do not feel comfortable putting down in the story.
0: Okay, now we jump forward a few months to uh, February 2019. Many of our listeners know the basics. A team led by Adrian Hong and Christopher Ahn, a former U.S. Marine, managed to get inside the DPRK embassy in Madrid, which had only been open for about six years, using a combination of subterfuge and force. They overcame the diplomats, but a woman escaped and alerted police. The Free Chaucon Group later escaped from the embassy with some stolen hard drives and after smashing the portraits of Kim father and son. That's more or less it. Why did they go to the embassy? What was their ultimate goal?
1: Well, their ultimate goal appears to be to encourage the defection of uh, one of the senior members of the staff there. It seems to be perhaps you know similar um, situation to the, the, the Italy job where they were aware that there was a, uh, a member of the staff in the, in the embassy who could be encouraged to leave. And as we put in the story, you know the the situation in Italy and what happened with the daughter made the group concerned about the welfare of um, the people and the family, the uh, families that uh, they had. You know these these North Korean officials, and so they they decided that by doing a appearing to sort of be an attack on the on the Spanish embassy and an abduction, then that could. Could provide some cover for you know the official that was going to that indicated he wanted to defect. He did not defect, and it's not clear you know why he didn't. Uh, whether this uh, was something that he had intended to do and had a change of heart, or whether he never intended to do it, and it was perhaps even a you know a way to lure in the group and you know basically try and sort of provide a crisis for this group so that. Uh, as has as has happened you know with with Adrian now on the run by by damaging this group they basically encouraged them to do a f- sort of failed defection operation we don't really have any clarity about how this all came together do uh, know but obviously how there's they tried much more to ambitious. persuade
0: mr saw the commercialist attaché to defect like was he offered something
1: no we don't know that you know we have seen video clips that show him talking to uh, the free chelson people it seemed to be in a relaxed mood You know, these are very short clips where you can't really tell what they're talking about. But the North Korean version of events is that everyone was basically, you know, had bags put on their heads that he was threatened, that he he was actually, you know, hit. He uh, when he went to the Spanish when the Spanish police got involved, you know, he had sort of physical damage. So he said, you know, it was just threatened. Uh, We don't know what the setup was supposed to be, how much cooperation they they thought they had ahead of time. You know, clearly not enough uh, because if he wanted to go he could have gone and other people could have gone as well and they decided not to so that is still a mystery
0: now when the spanish police uh, who had been alerted by the woman who fled the uh, the embassy uh, after jumping from a uh, an upper upper floor of the house when the spanish emb- police came to the embassy one of the free choice on men went to the gate wearing a kim badge uh, and told them that they you know they weren't welcome they hadn't been summoned by the embassy was there anything the spanish police could have done differently at that time to foil the operation, or did they basically do all that was possible?
1: Uh, depends whether you think that, you know, they should have realized that this was an imposter that had come to the gate, mm. or whether they should would have. have... been a bit hard, uh, though. I would think so, yes. I mean If, if you, don't you don't speak know, Korean, someone, if you don't recognize- If you don't speak Korean, someone who looks like, you know, they're from the embassy, comes out and says everything's fine, mm. I would think, you know, in most countries, the police would say, okay, well, let us know if you need our help. Right. So. It seems a little bit uh, of a stretch to say that they, you know, they should have intervened in any more serious way.
0: Now, there's a conflicting story about beatings. The North Korean diplomats told Spanish police that they were beaten by the Free Chaucon invaders uh, and showed some injuries. Free chawson denies the beatings and said that these diplomats beat themselves or beat each other to make themselves look innocent in the eyes of the Pyongyang government. So we have this sort of curious juxtaposition of an apparently fake kidnapping followed by possible fake beatings with both both sides trying to trick and fool Pyongyang. What do you make of that?
1: Yeah, you know, again, uh, we have seen videos where they seem to, Free Cholson group seem to be on, you know, good terms, at least with this guy, Mr. So inside the embassy. So the the use of physical force is not something that, you know, we have any, any evidence other than the testimony of the people from inside the embassy. There were no other witnesses. I mean, I, you know, I'm told that there is other video footage, which I've not seen, which might might provide some kind of, you know, help in understanding what exactly went down there. I mean, I think essentially both accounts are believable. You know, it is believable that the the, the embassy staff would inflict wounds to each other and on themselves um, in order to show that they resisted. Uh, this attempt of uh, abduction, and that would ensure that, you know, they are viewed in a better light by their superiors, you know, back in North Korea. It's also, you know, it's also believable that, you know, uh, the the Free Charleston Group had done, you know, a thorough job in, you know, uh, trying to prepare uh, for this operation and had, you know, were were sure that uh, at least Mr. So was willing to come. And, you know, did not use any physical force. But then when it, you know, when the operation took place, they realized that uh, the only way to to um, to try and get him out is to sort of restrain other people. Things go wrong in these kind of situations. You know, um, there's a lot of people running around. Maybe they you know, maybe they did use some physical force. We don't really know. Uh, is you know is, is is the only honest answer that you can give to that question.
0: Now about the testimony that the other that the North Korean diplomats gave to the police, a lawyer for Adrian Hong uh American lawyer Lee Woloski said that the North Korean embassy staff were interviewed by Spanish police in the presence of more senior North Korean officials. That, that does sound like it would be a breach of protocol in, in terms of police investigations, doesn't it? I mean, that's highly irregular.
1: Yes, it's, it's an interesting situation. You know, I would instinctively think that the North Koreans probably insisted on that. Uh, during the investigation, and you know, told the police these people can't be interviewed one by one. I don't know, you know, I have no knowledge of the Spanish uh, legal system and what's what's acceptable and what's not. But it does not seem like a professionally run and you know fair uh, interview process. Now,
0: what do we imagine would be the fate of uh, diplomat Mr. So once the fake kidnapping plan was revealed?
1: Well, to our knowledge, he's still in Spain. Oh. Um, you know, we've not been able to reach him. You know, we've we've tried to contact the embassy there to talk to him about it, but to our knowledge, that he is he is still in Spain. He's still in the embassy, and that suggests that you know the North Korean you know government, uh, his superiors, are satisfied in um, what he's his version of of what happened, confident that he's not a, a defection risk, and. You know, he's managed to emerge from this, uh, you know, literally, perhaps not sort of physically, but sort of professionally unscathed.
0: Now, this fake kidnapping mission involved, by my count, at least nine men, didn't it? We had uh, Adrian Hong, uh, Christopher Ahn, a Korean-American film student, a North Korean defector who lived in Los Angeles, and at least five men carrying South Korean passports. That's a big group. Um, At least not have I missed any.
1: No, I think that's right. You know, and one of the real mysteries here is who are these other people? Because the Spanish uh, authorities did release the names of these other members of the group. You know, as you mentioned, there are about five people that uh, have South Korean citizenship. uh, And yet we've seen nothing in, in, in any media, to my knowledge, about who these other people are. You know, it's a really interesting question about... You know who who becomes a member of the group? How do you become a member of this of this group? How have these people manage to sort of retain their anonymity, um, particularly given you know it doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, reason the South Koreans would provide them with uh, protection right now. I and mean, obviously they're citizens. That means that they, you know they have some degree of rights within their country. But when it comes to you know attacking a an embassy of a, a country that the uh, South Korean government is trying to have you know, normal diplomatic relations with, it would seem that those um, members of the group would be at risk. And yet we've heard nothing. How so, many of them
0: have been arrested, questioned or detained by any government at this stage?
1: N- none of them, to my knowledge. I mean, only Christopher Hahn, uh. uh who is, you know, a former Navy SEAL, who, you know, I think is probably one of the key people in this group for planning these operations. You
0: know, he has been arrested. Right. And there are charges pending, aren't there? Like he's on bail there or are, something, I think.
1: he's he, That's right. He's on bail right now. The Spanish authorities uh, want him and, and um, Adrian Hon sent to Spain. Uh, obviously, that would be deeply pro- problematic for for the U.S. side. So we're in this sort of limbo state right now where, you know, Arn is on bail and Hong is on the run. And then, to my knowledge, uh, none of the other members of the group uh, have – either been, you know, formally you know, there's, there's been no arrest warrants put out for them. Certainly no one's been detained uh, unless this has all happened, you know, very quietly. And we're not aware of it, but that would be surprising.
0: Are you aware of any other attempts by Free Cholson to lure away North Korean diplomats?
1: Certainly not on this scale. I mean, there might be at lower levels uh, operations that we're we're not aware of. But these are the, you know, the Spain and the Italy incidents, uh, the only ones that we that we know of that involve Free Cholson. You know, we have asked um, uh, people like Taeyong Ho, the former deputy ambassador to the uk of his knowledge of the group and he's told us that he has really no knowledge about mm. them he says that his his own defection you know did not involve them so no we don't know about any other uh, operation
0: after the death of kim jong-nam i i wondered uh, whether Kim Pyong Il, uh, half brother of uh, Kim Jong Il, and formerly a North Korean ambassador to at least four European countries over the last two decades, I wondered whether he might be approached uh, to defect. But uh, last year he was recalled to Pyongyang, and as far as I know, he went back from uh, his last posting in Prague.
1: That does seem to be the case. Yes, uh, obviously that would be a very high-profile get uh, if he was to defect. But that that uh, window of opportunity now seems to be closed. I think I think right now it's just very hard for them to plan operations with, you know, Adrian on the run and um, out on bail. I mean, those are the, they're the sort of two key people in this, you know, in this organization and doing sort of major operations, certainly, the level of approaching senior North Korean officials at embassies around the world seems to be a hard thing to do without them.
0: After the, the defection of Jo Song-gil and the, uh, the Madrid caper, your article says that diplomats, North Korean diplomats, were given a lecture at a meeting last summer in Pyongyang about loyalty to the regime to try to ward off further uh, defections. Do, do you have any more details on that that you're able to share?
1: No, this is from a, a couple of... Um Diplomatic sources that we have that uh, told us about this lecture. I mean, you have to remember that lectures to diplomats, you know, about um, loyalty to the, the regime are sort of not unusual.
0: Yeah, I think they're annual yeah. events, aren't they?
1: Right, right. But obviously, this takes on extra significance um, when you've had events like this, which will become wi- widely known, you would think, among the North Korean diplomatic community. So you know whether it's in direct response to these you know to the for, to what free cholson is doing or not we don't know but it's certainly significant that you know it's happening at the same time and you know I have to remember that the u.s legal authorities have said that they believe that there are you know there's credible reasons to think that the north koreans would be out out and about trying to find ways to assassinate members of free cholson so they do clearly take them seriously we know that you know for example security at the at the embassy in madrid has been tightened um there are more surveillance cameras at uh, other embassies you know this nothing like this has has happened before so i think it's fair to say that it's you know it's it's a shock to north korea and they take it pretty seriously so a lectures about uh, loyalty of you know part of that um, effort to kind of try and uh, prevent this from escalating.
0: Now, people will be uh, curious, of course, to know about the sources for your story. And, But obviously, as a journalist, you can never reveal names or sources if they don't want to be named. So is there anything at all you can tell us about what kinds of sources were available to you in the gathering of, of information?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, one thing about Free Cholson is they, uh, in our communications with them, that they, they have talked about a very ambitious project. They have talked about how they are you know, constantly um, helping defectors. They've talked about, um, you know, they've got. You know, obviously their their primary goal is to essentially topple the North Korean regime, and they make big claims about things that they've done. So, you know, without providing us with lots of evidence. In fact, without providing us with any evidence. So, you know, we've we've taken uh, what they've told us to a large extent with you know a, a dose of skepticism and you know try to find ways to confirm things independently through other sources that's very hard to do because you know there is there's firstly there's a limited number of people would actually have any direct knowledge about these things you know obviously if you're uh, involved in say the the italy case i mean we know that the the getaway car was driven by a member of free charleston, but we also know that that the that Mr. Joe was then, you know, basically passed on to a, um, uh, an intelligence agency, which helped him out the country, similar thing that happened to Kim Jong Nam's family, you know, so we have to look for those people that have direct knowledge about this happening. And those are pe- you know, we've had some success in finding people that would talk to us in very much on a, you know, background, deep background, background people you can't name. Uh, and we would not report this stuff based solely on what Free Cholson was telling us. Mm. You know, we 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 took a long time with this story because in the in the Italy case, you know, we don't want to run something, you know, that's just essentially people who might be telling us something to gain some credit without actually any proof. So we look for so we look for other other people that were aware of the project. Uh, senior levels of government that are sympathetic to some degree to this group and people that have had also people in you know the human rights community as well that can verify this that are not necessarily working with free chosen so you have to look to look for independent confirmation and that's why you know that's one of the reasons this story took a long time is to find those people but we have you know we're We're confident that we have enough people at the highest levels who directly know what went on to confirm this. So, you know, Free Chaucer talks a a big game, but it, it is actually, you know, true uh, that they do have this uh, level of sophistication ability to pull these things off. Well,
0: now, let's talk about that. You mentioned that, uh, well, you said uh, they talk a big game and they certainly are interested in, in public relations for their, their stated aim of uh, creating cracks in the uh, the North Korean government and, and possibly overthrowing it. Is it a big threat to the regime or was it ever? What's your sense of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... Um that's a great question that that doesn't have an easy answer, you know. I think what's important for this group is that uh, this is not just a flash in the pan, you know, with one or two incidents, but that they can try and build some momentum. You know, the idea is going back to what you know I was saying earlier is they they instill a crisis of confidence, and you get that by having a series of of you know significant um, breakthroughs. Um, defections of, of people like, you know, the acting ambassador to Italy, uh, you know, and those type of people around around the world. And that's what they need to have. They need to have this kind of momentum in order to just really change uh, the way that, you know, diplomats around the world think about their own circumstances. Should I get out now? You know, what's the, you know, what's the risk to me? Am I going to get recalled to North Korea? and should you know should i make the jump but, but even in the right case now,
0: of Jo gill it's hard to know at this stage hard to know whether that he was persuaded to defect or whether he was already at a stage like taeong ho was you know back in 2016 where he was you know uh, by himself sick of the system and, and ready to make the jump it, it, and and, and free Jawson merely gave him a channel through which to do it that's you, we can't know that at this stage can we
1: that's a good point you know i think what this group does is they look for people that might be thinking about an alternative life. Um, And that may just be a sort of very, a flicker, you know, you talk to people like Taeyong Ho and he says, you know, everyone kind of thinks about it from, you know, from time to time, obviously, uh, you know, some are more serious about it in his case. You know, he he defected, you know, because of his family. There are reasons why you might look at, you know, say the case, you know, the Italian case, the daughter, you know, what did the family want to bring the daughter? And that was a reason why he might be willing to defect and obviously, you know, didn't work out that way. So I think I think, you know, yes, there may be people who want to do it, but there may be people who it's just a flicker in their mind. And the you know what Free Chosun will try and do is is to basically capitalize on that, find a way to get into contact with those people, find a way to to tell them what the plan would be, reassure them about their their life, you know, outside of the North Korean system, and they need to keep doing that. Um, and if they can't keep doing that, then I would say the risk to the North Korean ge- regime is pretty limited. But if they could get that momentum and obviously right now, you know, it's hard to do with uh, uh, the the sort of legal authorities coming down on them in the U.S., perhaps this is not going to be successful. But it's a it's a very interesting attempt to 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 sort of tackle things at a very high level and be incredibly ambitious about, you know, the project of challenging the North Korean government. And you can argue whether that's that's the right thing to do or not and whether, you know, my personal view is that uh, you know this hasn't been done before, so my, it you know it it might it might work. Uh, many other many other things have been tried before. You know, engagement with North Korea, sanctions on North Korea. I put this in the pot of things, which is a strategy to to change North Korea for the benefit of the North Korean people, and. Maybe you disagree about the, you know, the methods of doing it and the risks that they're taking, and you think this guy Adrian Hong is is completely insane. But I think you have to accept that this is a, you know, an interesting new strategy to deal with what is uh, a human rights crisis, you know, which is happening every day, and frankly people don't really care about it anymore
0: Now your article mentions plans for an alternative government that Free Chawson was apparently working on um, and and that possibly you know an ambassadorship was up for grabs for uh, either Shorson Gill or uh, Mr. Saw at the Spanish Embassy and this plan of setting up a, a kind of government in exile and putting some prominent defectors forward they certainly wouldn't be the first group to propose that uh, in fact Pak Gap Dong who defected during the anti-faction purges of the late 1950s tried to create a uh, a government in exile from his base in Tokyo in 1993. Uh, the late Hwang Jung-yop also in the late 90s and early 2000s talked about that. Uh, Taeyong Ho talked about a government in exile much more recently before he's
1: turned to uh, South Korean politics.
0: Was there any meat on Free Choson's bones? Did you see any evidence of substance to their plans?
1: You know, it comes in two parts, right? There's the, there's the planning, you know, you can build your government in exile and you can staff it with People that have the expertise and the background in the functions that you would you would need for a, for a viable government. And then there's a strategy to bring that government, you know, to, to, to actually make sure that your your group is the one that takes mm. power. I think what's different with Free Cholson is that they have a strategy to try and, you know, get their government in power. Is it different to, you know, previous attempts? I don't know. I mean, you know, they have reached Pretty far and wide, looking for people that you know have you know experience in countries that have undergone crises. For example, Libya. I mean, one of the the people that uh, Adrian Hong reached out to uh, was a you know a former Libyan government official, and there are other government officials you know from other countries. So he's brought. I would say he's he's tried to bring a kind of wider range of expertise uh, or at least experience about, you know, how you deal with a country in crisis than perhaps, you know, previous attempts at governments in exile, which, you know, may be sort of more narrowly focused on the North Korean, you know, defector community. Obviously, those are the people that, you know, have real skin in the game and should be uh, very much involved in in the planning process. But I would say that the approach that Free Chelsea has, has taken is to like, what's the best You know, uh, who are the best group of people that we could put together to to, you know, to plan this out in a serious way, using kind of, you know, what's happened in in the past with other, other countries and having real practical knowledge of dealing with, you know, the many challenges that you would have of, you know, basically a transfer of power so it's different in that sense and it's different that they have a strategy to try and make it actually happen mm. whether whether that strategy is is proving effective or not is is very much open to debate
0: now you also said in the article that opinion on free on is divided um who's for and who's against them uh, do they have any alliances are well, there any governments uh, that are in favor of them
1: I mean, not not publicly. We know that they have advocates at senior levels of, uh, certainly in the US government. We know that there are people who feel that uh, there is value to the, w- the work that they're doing. We also know that the people that feel that they're a a huge liability and, you know, the government should have no involvement with them. And clearly, you know, the FBI is one institution that doesn't feel that uh, comfortable working with them because they uh, have basically turned them into, you know, the Spanish authorities when, as we put in as we mentioned in the story, when, you know, when the group come back from Spain with their swag, their laptops and things from the from the Spanish embassy handed over to the FBI. They think that they're working with people that are sympathetic to their to what they're trying to do, but the FBI basically said, you know, no, we don't really want to have anything anything to do with these guys and they turn them into the to the Spanish authorities. So you know there's there's a there's a mix of people in the officialdom in you know in the US who a mix of views about how poor people view them that's also the case with you know academics some of whom you know much more sympathetic than others it's interesting to see how this divides because you know the north korea field better than i do but one thing i know is that people tend to be sort of fairly set in their ways when they have an idea about how what's the best way to fix the North Korea problem and look for evidence that supports their their viewpoint and free chosen comes along and does something completely different and it's interesting to see how people react to that um, and it's true there are very there are very few people who will publicly say you know these guys are doing the right thing because essentially you know it's 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 you know, it's violent direct action in some cases. So do you want to be, you know, seen as an advocate for hurting people in the in the cause of, um, you know, bringing down the North Korean government? I don't think that many people feel comfortable going out there and saying that, but it does force people to consider this as a, you know, as a strategy and to decide, you know, how they feel about it. And, and frankly, most people uh, don't want to have any involvement don't want to be seen as sympathetic towards it feel that this is this might be you know damaging for their own careers or you know their own sort of uh the way that they're perceived by their peers and things like that so but on the
0: other hand they have received around $33,000 in bitcoin donations right yeah,
1: I and mean, that's not a, that's not a whole lot of money. It's not
0: a whole lot of money. I mean, you certainly Adrian Hong and won't be able to last very long on on that if that's his uh, his swag. But uh, you know, it, it's also if if we're going by people making small donations, I mean, it, it all adds up to something. It's quite a quite a lot of small donations.
1: Yeah, overthrowing a government is probably a fairly expensive business, so they're going to need need quite a lot. I mean, it's interesting. You know, we the reaction to our story, we got lots of emails from readers saying. They they uh, thought these guys they were sympathetic to free Charleston and they were angry at the FBI. You know, there's you know the Wall Street Journal readership tends to be uh, more conservative, tends to be uh, people who. Uh, feel that regimes like North Korea are unacceptable, and what do we do to to basically bring about their downfall? You know, we saw that from the reactions from re- some of our readers. So they, you know, they, there is some. I think there's some sort of sympathy to their their goals, and you know, amongst people who might, um, uh, you know, the general public basically, and people uh, who are concerned about human rights in North Korea and feel that you know nothing has done been done for a long period of time so we've got to try something new so they might get some money and support from those people but it's sort of you know very divisive in the in the in the actual sort of political sphere and in the academic sphere because you're supporting essentially a, a, a group that, that advocates violent resistance. Mm.
0: Now, you have mentioned a couple of times that uh, some intelligence agencies have worked together with Free Chaucon. Are, are they believed to still be helping Free ChorSon or vice versa since the uh, the failure of the Madrid caper?
1: I wouldn't say uh, working with them. I would say that there is some degree of, of communication. You know, one thing about Adrian is that Uh, He is an incredible networker and he spent a lot of time um, as he was sort of formulating his ideas about how to deal with the North Korea problem, just building connections, you know, in in the U.S. government, um, in the U.S. sort of political sphere, generally internationally going to Libya, you know, going to places like, you know, he's been here in Japan several times. We know people in the human rights community here that he's worked with the U.K., other places. So he builds all these connections. You know, and I think what he's trying to do is to uh, bring a more sort of sophisticated approach to this problem. And you know, is that uh, is that now dead or not? I mean, that's 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 hard to say. Mm. Now,
0: why do you think Adrian Hong is proving so hard for the FBI to track down? Is he the new Bin Laden in a sense? <laughs> and where would you put money yeah. on him being now?
1: Well, you know, is it, now's probably a you know coronavirus outbreak uh, where everyone's at home. You know, does that make it easier or harder for him? You know, I suspect he's probably just holed up in a basement somewhere and um, just sort of not coming out at all. Uh, you know, it's a question of how aggressively the U.S. law enforcement is is trying to to you know track him down. You, Do you would think he's think still it, in the U.S.? I don't know. You know, there's a good chance that he's he is still in the U.S. You know, we've we've tried every avenue that you know we can think of to to contact him, you know, since, uh, since this arrest warrant has been out and have, have had no success. And the people that I know who have had contact with him, you know, the North Korean watching community also say that they've had very little communication with him, maybe a text message here or there, but no one, uh, seems to know where he is. Um, you know, I think he's, yeah, I mean, he may have slipped out of the U S. Uh, but my guess is that, you know, he'll, 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 you know, he he's just wait. He's trying to do some kind of reach some some kind of agreement where you know there's no risk of him being extradited. You know, and perhaps this is you know resolved in some kind of bargaining process. I don't know. I mean, that's purely speculative. But he's you know there's no sign of him right now.
0: If it did happen that he, both Adrian Hong and Christopher An, were extradited to Spain, how how would you imagine that would go down? They'd be what put in trial in Spain for assaulting diplomats and attacking an embassy yeah
1: I, yeah I would imagine that they would you know they would face a trial in spain and they would face uh, possible jail time in spain you know one of the concerns that the group has raised is that uh, you know with the north koreans trying to extradite them to north korea i mean it seems a stretch to uh, think that that would happen but i don't again i don't know uh, how the the spanish legal system works and whether that's a real risk or not i mean that would be you know Essentially, the end for them if it it was to happen. And and, I'd be very surprised if any country had an extradition agreement with North Korea. Right. Exactly. Yes. So, what would likely happen is that they would they would do jail time in Spain. But does the US want to give up? You know, these people to Spain. Uh, My sense is they probably don't. But they've now got this problem. You know that they have to find some kind of solution to and, and. You know that's some kind of negotiation process, and I don't know. I think that may play out over a long period of time.
0: And as you also said earlier, I think that the uh, it's quite likely that the North Korean government uh, would like to reach out and touch these men if they could somehow. And you know, then comes the question: Would they be easier to be touched in Spain or in the US?
1: Right. Yes. uh, Exactly. That's a good point. I mean, probably the real risk to them in terms of their personal existence uh, is, yeah, being you know shot on a or. Um, taken out by a hitman in, in some other way in, on the streets of Spain.
0: Well, uh, yeah, we certainly leave that up in the air at this stage. It's amazing to uh, to hear that how it all went down, and it's interesting to speculate about how things might go in the future.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think this is, um, I don't think this is over. You know, we, one thing that we've, we, you know, we've become clear is that you know, Adrian is incredibly motivated, incredibly ambitious on this, and I don't think, you know, obviously if he's in jail, it makes it a lot harder. To continue this project but it, it does seem that this is something and you know they're still updating their website you know they they still have big goals adrian still has i'm sure ambitions you know i don't think that he he will see this as um the end of the line for him so i think there's more to come on this
0: well let's uh, keep watching that one thank you once again for joining me today alistair gale of the wall street journal
1: Thanks, Jacko. Great to talk
0: to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and also consider buying a subscription to nknews.org where you will find the best and most up-to-date specialist journalism on all matters related to North Korea. Our thanks, as always, to James Fretwell and Chatter Carroll for facilitating this podcast and to Arius Dare, our post-recording producer genius who cuts out all the extraneous noises, awkward silences, bodily functions, etc. Costs involved in the production of this podcast were partially funded by the Uni Korea Fund, for which we are extremely 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 grateful.